Making time Shooting lines For people to believe in Things you say Gone in a day Everybody leaving Everybody leaving Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo! Fastator intentiores. That's Latin for spoiler alert. Welcome to Syndication, the podcast that while in high school was voted most likely to live in obscurity. Red Berets, high-budget, elaborate high school plays, hand jobs. That's right. This week we're talking about Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson's 1998 classic, Rushmore. Hmm. I'm your host, Tyler Young. Next to me is some dude with a beard. Hello. I'm... Oh, and glasses. I do have glasses. And my name is also Devin Ellis. It's not Four Eyes Beardo. Mm. Mm. The mm. name I just came up for you. Mm. I like that name. I <laughs> came up with Can we call him that? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh, who's Four this guy? Four Eyes Beardo. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Beardo. Good old uh. Beardo. Uh, my name is Matt Calloway. 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 Wow, original. Oh. So you're new on the show, right? Like. Yep. We get a new person on the show every week. <laughs> we find a all new happen, Matt. They all happen. It's just by pure coincidence. They all happen to be named Matt. Well, we're all actually cousins. I mean, that's the euphemism. Really? What we actually are is a mad scientist brewed up a bunch of clones. Like, genetically, we're all identical, but we've all had different life experiences. So gotcha, sort of like gotcha. an orphan black type of situation. Oh, never seen that. Is that like a like a Jamie Madrox situation, the multiple man? I don't know what that is. Mm, okay. So which number are you removed from the original? What do you mean? We it was all simultaneous. It's We're simultaneous. All the same age. <laughs> you just yeah. spawned all of them at the once. Well, I didn't. The scientist dad did. Oh, was this like a, like a Krieger situation from Archer? Um, I, you'd have to ask some other Matt. This Matt's <laughs> never seen Archer. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's a good point. So you've listened to the show before, and you know kind of what we're about. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are responsible for like 99% of your listens. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. We're big fans over there at the uh, the lab. <laughs> All uh, of your cousins. H- Humanitech. <laughs> <laughs> we put the tech back in humanity. hey That means nothing. I don't know. <laughs> tech with a human touch. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. That's a good slogan. <laughs> Wink. Ding. Yeah, that's the announcer saying that on the yeah. commercial. And just <laughs> wink. Devin, you picked Rushmore this I, week. I did. I did pick Rushmore. Uh, well, I love why? Wes Anderson films. <laughs> I'm telling you why. Well, hold on. Are you in a rush to tell us more? Oh, boy. Boo. Yeah, I need to get some like WD-40 for this chair, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. I wonder if that gets picked up. Have you noticed it? Wait. That's oh. a good one. Oh, I hear it. Don't worry. Okay, I'm going to try not to squiggle so much around in my chair. Just don't move. Squiggle around. So I picked Rushmore because <laughs> uh, I like, uh, I've liked every other Wes Anderson film that I've seen, which has only been a couple. Sure. And I've never seen Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> it is considered like the start of him, right? It is my I know he favorite did, Wes Anderson movie. This is your favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Okay. I've always heard it as being one of his most popular at least one of his most uh uh one of his first biggest films i think it's really what 
like put him on the map, you know, yeah. they gave him a name. Because he did Bottle Rocket before this. I haven't seen yeah. it, but I know that he did the that It's good too. This. It's definitely smaller, smaller budget, you know, uh everyone's kind of new at it. Uh and Rushmore seems like a nice, you know, evolved version of that, you know. You know, it was interesting. Somebody was telling me we were trying to, there's a guy at work who doesn't like Wes Anderson. And mm -hmm. so we were all trying to convince him that he was wrong and should feel bad. <laughs> um, and somebody said that Rushmore is like the gateway Wes Anderson. Yeah. Like this is, as weird as it is to say, having watched this movie recently, this is the most grounded Wes Anderson gets. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because there's no like big cutaways. There's no like weird cartoony stuff happening in yep. it. You know, like in Life Aquatic. Yeah, there is a lot of Life Aquatic, by the way, in this movie. I've seen uh, after watching it again. Like, there's a lot of like aquariums. Um, they talk about Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't even I didn't even put two and two together. There's a lot of fish stuff, like them looking through tanks. You know, I really like that shot going from above the fish tank to through the fish tank. Yeah, me too. It was really cool. He does a lot of great panning shots. I love those. He does. And zooms. Panning Pans and zooms. And wide, wide angle <laughs> shots with two people standing dead center talking yep. to each other. He's the only person, he's like the only director left working who uses zooms regularly, right? Nobody Quentin else does Tantino, that. I think. Um, mm. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Good call. Yeah. That just came right off the dome like that. Yeah, yeah I was Boom. agreeing Right out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's straight out of my asshole. That's my catchphrase on the show. Tyler, straight out of my asshole young. That seems right. That tracks. Yeah. yeah. That's what everyone's been calling me for the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what are we drinking this What week? are we drinking? Yeah. Uh, so based on a very quick Google search, I could find no Rushmore cocktail. Also, as we learned on the Rosemary's Baby episode, I'm bad at making complicated cocktails. Yeah. So it wasn't terrible, just wasn't as good as Devin's version. So what That's we've what done like here yeah. <laughs> is both idiot proof, despite the fact that I kind of screwed it up, and uh maybe probably in the movie. Uh so we are drinking a scotch and soda. So this is uh like the signature drink for uh Mr. Bloom, Herman Bloom, who's uh, played by Bill Murray, who's always walking around, schmooze, like looking real schmoozy with his fucking drink in his hands, you know, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, and it's also um, uh, uh, what what uh, he gets drunk on. Max. Max gets drunk on. Um, well, there's a little there's a little back and forth between you two right before we started the show about was it that drink or not we actually uh, looked it yeah. up so he said so she says to mr bloom i looked it up because you're the one <laughs> that ordered him a whiskey and soda yes uh, that so is correct those are the words from the film dear viewer she being rosemary cross by the way uh devon's argument Olivia williams is that although every scotch is a whiskey not every whiskey is a scotch it's the square rectangle thing man he I'm is telling you he is technically correct absolutely Fair enough. <laughs> We're having, technically, we are having a whiskey and soda. Yeah, so I, I don't mean, know yeah. why. I could just call it that, and then you wouldn't be able to complain. We're having a whiskey and soda. Yeah, I don't know why you're soda. conceding. Like, the fact that it yeah, says, no, you can oh, just whiskey call it and that. soda. Cool. Means We're having a whiskey and soda. We're drinking what uh, Max Fisher drank. Yeah. And, uh, and got drunk on. Yeah. And uh, Herman Bloom. Bloom. Really botched up that dinner party. Mm. Okay, so. Really took the bloom off the rose, we, Mary. Oh, okay. <laughs> That was two movies ago. <laughs> you said you said the teacher's name was Rosemary. Oh, okay, okay, that's what you're talking about. I was just I don't know. I was thinking Rosemary's Baby, <laughs> drinks. 
Uh, so Matt, I we probably should have talked about this before we okay. started the show. Sure. Uh, do you want to take a crack at doing the synopsis? Because I feel like you're better at distilling it down in like a, a short amount of time. I tend Ooh. to like try to over over explain everything. So good thing you super prepped for this. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot too. All right. Max mm-hmm. is a student at Rushmore <gasps> Private That's the name School. Of the movie. And he loves extracurricular activities, but is a terrible student. He was originally accepted because of a play he wrote when he was a child. Second do grade. We, do we know what the play was? Uh, it was a play he wrote in second grade. I don't think they went into what it was. Okay. I think they did, actually. I just don't remember. Because I love... Mm. I, get, I know I'm cutting you off, whatever. But I, I love the, <laughs> the elaborateness of the plays... The yeah. crazy budget, how dangerous they are with all the pyrotechnics and stuff. <laughs> I love that he handed TNT to like a seven-year-old. I love that yeah. they sold TNT He's to 15. him as a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> um, like, is he just walking away with a box of dynamite here from this guy? <laughs> yeah, because it clearly was a big red stamp on the side. Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, also his choices for plays. Like what he adapts into a yeah. stage play for high school. Like I really like Serpico and fucking yeah, Serpico was good. I liked well, there was like a Street Life one, right? Yeah, he was like a cholo <laughs> <laughs> with the with the the teardrop tattoo and yep. the one button up dress shirt. You know? Yeah, I love how over the top the plays were because they're high school plays and they have like, right. like which one had like the train in the background? Oh, that was Serpico. All right, all right. Serpico. Uh, let's let's, <laughs> so blow, let's blow through this because the synopsis is pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, so his mother is dead, uh, yeah. and it, cancer, they say. His father is a barber who seems to just enable... Wait, I thought, I thought his dad was a neurosurgeon. Oh, my God. Did we just <laughs> do the same joke? I think we just did the thing. Oh, my God. Oh, that was I did incredible. promise. So uh, it's worth saying that I watched this movie while drunk uh, more than a week ago. We took a week off. Noise. Because my parents were in town. Uh, and I watched it with them. Oh. Uh, and my father, who is a retired neurosurgeon. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I thought about your dad when... Uh, asked me to point out that when pressed to come up with an impressive career for his father, Max chose neurosurgeon. So, Dad, <laughs> you're welcome. Does he Is he not aware of the very popular phrase like, oh, this isn't brain surgery? He is. He actually, we... You just need a more validation. Not we. I think my cousin at some point bought him. He has a t-shirt that says, it's not rocket surgery. Because the other one is rocket science. Because it turns it on its head. Yeah. Because it's two of them. Rocket science and brain surgery. Can you imagine surgerizing a rocket? What do you, what do you, what do you like, got a scalpel and you're cutting wires (laughs) with it and stuff? You got a stethoscope and you're like listening to the chassis? Stupid. (laughs) Stupid, stupid so rocket stupid. surgeon. God, what a goof. <laughs> you got a stupid degree. <laughs> um, so then Max Falls becomes, in love with in, teacher. becomes infatuated with, what is she, a first grade teacher that's new to Rushmore that year. Uh, uh, at, the, at the same time, Ms. he meets Cross. Rosemary Cross. She's mm-hmm. a French teacher, right? I think she's just a teacher. She teaches like little kids. Oh, right, right, right. That's right, because she's got like little kids painting and hanging yeah. outside in recess. So it's just like a general, all, you know, all subjects. I got you. At the same time, he catches the eye of a parent and school donor, uh, uh, Mr. Bloom, uh, who's played very ably by, um, uh, 
fuck. I oh, keep wanting to say Bill Cosby. I don't know. No one help him. It. No one help him. Ted Mosby. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can do it, Matt. Have you met Ted? What's his name? Tom Hanks. What's the very famous actor's name? Yeah, I know. Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, you you go. got there. Oh. Good job. You get a gold star. Oh, thank you. Wait, is it Carl Weathers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy Dean Weathers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Billy Dean Weathers. Uh, it catches uh, the eye of Mr. Bloom, impresses him. Um, and so uh, one thing leads to another. And through Max, Mr. Bloom and Miss Cross meet and begin an affair which pisses Max off, and then everybody's life blows up, and in the end, it just kind of ends, and everybody's happy. It just kind of end. With one final play, Max shows he's moved on by seating Mrs. Cross and Mr. Bloom next to each other, um, and by introducing his new girlfriend. So Max gets out of his funk by being rejected, by getting back into extracurriculars, but it seems like not so much that he was before. He's actually being tutored. And learning yep. for real. Yep. And then he goes back to doing his plays, which is like his passion in the first place and probably oh. what he'll end up doing. And he was expelled from Rushmore about right. midway through the movie. Important plot point that He's I see. He's in public school now. Yeah. Because... With Margaret Yang. That's right. Um, because he decided to illegally and without any kind of permission or oversight or anything, decide to erect a new aquarium <laughs> in the school baseball diamond. <laughs> yeah, taking over half of the existing baseball diamond. Where Brian Cox, who's the dean, Dr. Guggenheim, shows up and starts flipping out on him. <laughs> they were starting construction, and it was being a whole thing. Guggenheim also has a stroke at one point. There's a lot of plot points that I don't really know how they connect to the overall narrative, yeah. but... I think a lot of them are just for flavor, you know, just like yeah. extra little jokes. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, do you guys have anything to add to that very scattered? Oh man, plot summary. Well, like just to the plot of it. Yeah. Uh, Did I miss anything big? Uh, nothing big. You got all the, the big points. Well, uh, oh well, really the fact that sorry, the fact that um, because at one point they're both infatuated, both Mr. Bloom, Bill Murray, and Jason Schwartzman, uh, Max Fisher are like fighting over. Uh, Rosemary, uh, Olivia Williams, Mrs. Cross, uh, Mrs. Cross. They have Miss this great Cross. like war between Miss each Cross. other. That's like part of the big climax of the movie where they're like, oh yeah, it it just escalates and escalates to the point where uh, Max gets arrested. Yeah, he Max. Like, he cuts the brake lines on Bill Murray's characters. Listen, car. Max was better at that war. All, he was better. All Bloom did was run over his bike, which is stupid because it immediately cuts to him on a new bike. Which, I don't know where he got the money for it, but he had just immediately had a new bike. Uh, and then he went to cut his brake lines. My, one of my favorite scenes in that movie is the, the beekeeper scene. Where he's, like, <laughs> he's dressed as like a, like a maitre d' and he's like standing there with a box full of bees just looking like real badass. Not full of I bees love, anymore. Not full of bees anymore. I That's true. <laughs> I love Bloom's expression when he realizes what's happened. Because first he's like freaking out about the bees and he looks over and he sees the funnel where the bees are coming out of and knows that it's Max and he just kind of like smiles for a little bit. Yeah, I love and how he like turns he into anger. Yeah, right, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, you got me. Motherfucker. It's a good scene. <laughs> I also want to mention that uh, prior to his infatuation with Miss Cross, uh, Rush he, he talks about how Rushmore is what he wants to do. He just wants to be at that school. That's like his entire existence is that he just loves going to that school. And so him being expelled was a big deal. And then uh, uh, Bloom has a line about 
because Bloom is also in love with uh, Miss Cross about Miss Cross being his Rushmore. So I think they made kind of a point about that. Yeah, I think that was the whole arc with yeah. uh, Max Fisher, where like he doesn't know exactly where his passions are and what like what he should be focusing on. So like he's distracted by extracurriculars, looking good, having a good image, being the best at like nothing in particular, just being the best. Um, and then with uh, Miss Cross, and then back to you know once he loses all of it and he's got the you know the the oh no what was me moments you know in the movie where everything was like gone and lost he's back, back to being a simple barber with his dad because he's a barber's son he was so, so intense and so melodramatic throughout that film I, that's the he is such a character part. like everybody is in the movie but yeah. like for the most part like but it's him especially like him and like dirk and all the kids you mm. know uh um, but yeah, and so like he he goes back to like figuring out where his passions are, and that's um, place being a playwright and yeah. going back to like extracurriculars and being kind of like a part of a community and running things and starting clubs and and having goals and stuff. But he's he's now like got all in control, all equaled out. Yeah. So tell you. Uh, we we aren't supposed to do this, but we talked briefly about this movie off mic. Yeah, we broke and, the rules, man. And you said that this movie, it's you know, you you've said I think on the last pod, this is one of your favorite movies, and then you said that it held up even better than you remembered. Yeah, I had such a fun time watching this again. See, I was actually I I remembered this really fondly and thought it was a really amazing movie and was kind of underwhelmed by it this time mm. um so i was wondering like what what about it for you works uh it's it's one of the funniest movies for me like it might just be because that's my comedy style like really dry really like weird and dark and kind of absurd um like for instance you know i was talking about it in the, <laughs> one of my favorite exchanges in the movie one of my funniest favorite like i love i haven't thought about it in a long time like that's that's part of the reason why i love the movie so much more now is i haven't seen it since i was like early 20s maybe uh maybe late teens and now that i'm a little more mature i understand a lot more of what's going on i have a better like worldview so i think the movie's even more absurd and more and more funny and kind of biting you know with the characters and stuff uh but the, the exchange is it's 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 near the end. Max is sitting in a graveyard and he's looking all you know he's being melodramatic again. And Mister Bloom walks up and he's like, "Hey, hey." There's like long pauses in between each each word, which makes it so much better. What you what you doing here? Oh, uh, it's gonna have that tree fall on you. And then Mister Bloom like doesn't even get upset or or, or like what the hell? He just kind of like hmm, and he looks over that big one over there. Yeah. <laughs> That would have flattened me like a pancake. <laughs> yeah, well, what stopped you? <laughs> it's such a great moment, that whole thing, that whole exchange, and that's like a microcosm of like the greatness of the comedy of the entire movie. Yeah. That and like Bill Murray with his kids, and it's like they're, they're driving through, and he's like, oh, you're going to invite uh, that kid Max Fisher to uh, your birthday party? And he's kind of kind of a cool kid. Like, are you, are you fucking kidding, Dad? Like, that kid's a, you know, <laughs> the kid's a nerd. We're not going to invite him. Yeah, Dad, pull your head out of your ass. And then Bill Murray like waits a second and then just get the fuck and like <laughs> reaches back. You can hear him like, like grab his kid's chest. It's the funniest goddamn scene. Oh man. That's 
what it is for. So it's the movie. it's the comedy that sort of like pushes this. Well, that and Wes Anderson style. I love his style. I think it really works. Uh, the music too really fits. There are a lot of good comedy moments in this. I was laughing a lot during this. Also, I don't know uh, if you remember, but after they have that conversation about the tree, uh, Bill Murray like breaks off a branch of the tree after Max leaves, and then you see that the whole tree falls down. It was like pre-cut or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just breaks a little branch off. and <laughs> Oh, so he actually so he, like, went all the way other than actually just pushing it over on him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just couldn't figure out that part of it, of how to get it. So he's sitting there to talk to him and getting the tree to fall. So he just gave up on it and then pass it off. Like I'm just being the bigger man decided to like give up on the silly war. <laughs> so Matt, why were you uh, disappointed? Yeah, yeah, disappointed is the right word. It just fell a little flat for me. Hmm. I, I can't, I can't like, it's not quantitative, right? It's but you like Wes Anderson films, right? I do like Wes Anderson mm. films and I like this. It's a good movie. I just remembered it being more revelatory than it was. Mm. What's your what? What would you consider your favorite Wes Anderson movie? Mm. Um, probably Grand Budapest. Um, I still haven't oh, seen that one. So good, it's really good. Yeah, I also really like. That might be my favorite too. I haven't watched. I don't a, think a few of the, like the latest ones, other than Isle of Dogs, which I loved. Oh, Isle of Dogs was really good. Yeah, actually. Um, I also really like the Darjeeling Limited, which I, I know that one too. some people consider like one of his lesser. I think it's like, yeah, I think considered the low point, but I still really like I it. I thought it was really good. I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I may think of it differently yeah, now. Fair enough. Me too. Yeah. And I, I thought of this. I thought this was really good. So maybe that was youth. I don't know. It just, it, um, it was the only, it was like the first time that I've ever, you know, the, the, the sort of blanket criticism for Wes Anderson is that he's style over substance. Um, and I always thought that was absurd because I always thought, you know, he does a really good job of putting substance with style. And this was the first time where I was really like, I'm not sure. It's, it's you know, so much of films is the headspace that you're in when you watch it. It's true. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's the film or if it was just me when I was watching it. Um, but I just wasn't, it just wasn't sort of hitting me in, in, in the sort of like meaty artistic center that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I've, I've definitely done that with movies where like I watch it once and I'm like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I really like that movie. And then I don't know, like decided to watch it again or it was on TV or something or just saw it on Netflix and went like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. I'll watch it again. And for some reason just hits me in a completely different way. Like, yeah. this is a great movie. Why did I? I, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but, you know, have a change of heart. I know albums I do that with. I'll listen to an album once and I'm like, I don't know. It's okay. There's a couple of good songs on there. And then you listen to it again and again and they start to catch on you. And you're like, oh, you know what? This actually is a great album, you know? Mm. Yeah, I've been surprised by movies after rewatching them, but it's usually after, like, years. It's usually like a movie I've seen yeah. when I was younger and I was like, yeah, it's, a you know, not good or I didn't appreciate it at the time. And then being older is just because I didn't get all of it mm -hmm. you know usually um but i mean Wes anderson films aren't i don't know i never find them to have like crazy intense stories they're more slice of lifey than yeah most no, things. I, and, it's not it's not plot that i have an issue with it's like it it felt like it was trying to make a larger sort of thematic statement that it's possible i just didn't resonate with on this watching what do you think that would be that message? 
ironically, I think it's something about substance over style. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and 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 like I see all the parts of it there, and I just never connected with it emotionally. Which again, like, it's a good enough movie, and I have enough faith in Wes Anderson as a filmmaker that I'm willing to write it off to just me at at the moment that I watched this. You know, like the, it was the wrong time and place. It was a me issue. It wasn't a film issue. Um, but for whatever reason, I just kind of came out. It wasn't bad. It just, it just was flat. Mm. It was just sort of, it's like when you're looking forward to having a steak and then you eat the steak and you're like, yeah, okay. That was good, I guess. You know what I mean? But it's not like the revelatory I'm full experience. Now. Yeah. I have eaten food and I'm sustained, but. But spiritually something did not meet yeah. your expectations. Yeah. That's all. That's all I. Yeah. Just thinking about it now, cause you're just talking about the theme of the movie. What if it's about, um, the idea of like getting older and maturing is kind of like accepting your limitations and accepting that some dreams are just pipe dreams, but other ones are obtainable. If you have a, like a more narrow focus and not like, I'm going to be the best in the world and a millionaire and everyone's going to love me. And yeah, maybe which like, uh, cause you know. every character is kind of broken in their own way and then starts to accept limitations and accept reality as, as what they are and kind of like, coming down to earth and so that's 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 an interesting idea right that because it's a sort of coming of age story yeah so like not to make this my like personal therapy session but like you know <laughs> no, i recently open up man i recently turned 30 so like i'm i'm definitely you know oh like, uh, you're an old head now <laughs> i'm definitely <laughs> reckoning to the club reckoning with some age-related issues um so like maybe i just can't resonate with like a, a really young protagonist anymore um I don't know. Like yeah. I, you, I, I don't you, know if he's really meant to be, because he's not a fifteen-year-old kid. Like, like all the kids in this movie are adults, you know. Well, but he is. See, I would say that's like the central message: is that Max wants to pretend like he's not a fifteen-year-old kid. He wants to pretend like he's something more than that, and that the arc of the film is him accepting. Mm, yeah, I can't be with Miss Cross. I'm fifteen. Mm. I can't do all of these things. I'm 15. You know what I mean? I'm like not good enough for Harvard to be my safety. <laughs> right. He literally gets to a point where he's accepting himself and who he is. He's dating a girl his own age who shares his interests. It's like all the things that he... Like, Max's arc is literally to let go of these fantastical childish things. Yeah. Um, and, and we see, like, the only adult who's engaging in these same fantastical childish things is Mr. Bloom, who is deeply unhappy yep. and, like, can't hold anything in his life together. Yeah, so, like, do you um, just not connect to any of the characters then? And that's kind of like... I'm I'm wondering if, uh, like, the sort of unfounded, unrelenting optimism of Max is just not meant for me as a viewer at mm. this point in my life, mm. which I think is entirely possible and would explain my very different reactions to it at different times in my life. You know, it's interesting you say that because m myself, as you know, usually gets really emotionally invested in characters. Mm. Um, and this film, I did not feel emotionally invested in Max. Um, so it might be more the movie and oh, not just okay. you. Um, because normally that's really what I resonate with. Uh, I didn't either. Forget all that personal stuff I said. I was, nev I was never <laughs> rooting for Max myself. Yeah, I mean, he's a flawed character yeah. in a lot of ways, you know. And uh, 
I uh, yeah, I found entertainment from the from the film in other ways. You like specifically with Wes Anderson, I don't ever really feel like I get super emotionally attached to the characters. I feel like I'm more just entertained by his quirky comedy style yeah. um, that I really, really enjoy. See, what I love about Wes Anderson is that he starts with a quirky comedy style that in some ways is very like alienating. And then he's, he always, for me at least, finds some way to hook me emotionally. I mm. always end up caring about the characters. There's always an emotional payoff. Moonrise Kingdom, Darjeeling Limited, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, they all end with some great emotional denouement that like grabs you it's the at sl- least grabs me it's the slow motion scenes where everyone's looking kind of cool <laughs> even though they're weird as hell and then they play some awesome like 60s or 70s like classic rock you know what i mean that's what it is that's that's what hooks you in at the end you're like this Maybe. movie's actually fucking great i mean yeah i can i can think of the scenes in my in my head you know what i mean yeah like that's how well imprinted they are the beekeeper scene in mm-hmm. Rushmore, the Bill Murray walking out of the theater at the end of Life Aquatic with the kid on his shoulders. Well, but that's what I mean is like the beekeeper one is not emotional for me in this film. It's memorable, but it's not emotional. So I'm thinking of the kids dancing on the beach in Moonrise Kingdom. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about... What about the kids dancing at the end of Rushmore to I wish that I knew what I knew now? I forget the name of the song. Yeah. No? Just, this is what I mean is like that sort of uh. fell flat for me. I thought that was a sweet moment. It was sweet, but I didn't care. What about when he was flying the kite and he's hanging out with Dirk again, finally? And he's kind of bad to being a kid again. And then he starts going like, Dirk, take dictation. <laughs> <laughs> we need a kite flying club. Prospective members. You know, like for me, that was a pretty good emotional moment where I'm like, ah, back to bad to basics. He's, he's back again, but like in a nice, healthier way. Sure. I mean, to be clear, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it's a well-composed film. Oh, yeah. Uh, like all I can speak to is my my personal reaction to it this time, which was that like I saw when I was supposed to be feeling things, but I wasn't feeling them. Um, anyone else got anything they want to add? Because it could be a good segue to ratings. It's a short episode. Does anyone have anything more to say about it? Mm. I'm saying let's not. Remember that scene when Bill Murray was behind the tree? (laughs) (laughs) Boy, was that funny. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I fucking love that scene. You can, we were talking about, you could hear the scrape of the bark on his shirt. Like, (laughs) it made it so much better. (laughs) And then, and then she like, and then he's like, well, I'm caught now. So he's just like, hey, hey, hey." wide shot. Hey, (laughs) doesn't cut as he walks towards her. (laughs) All the way awkwardly walking up, like, so uh, I was talking to Max and, uh, (laughs) oh man, I love the Scottish kid. His whole thing, his accent, that the shit that he said, like his language was was so in the gutter and great. It was Latin, right? Yeah. Well, was that Latin? (laughs) (laughs) I saved Latin. What have you ever done? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just, it's one of my favorite. Yes. Spoiler alert. 10 out of 10. I give it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Wow. Yep. 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 That is uh, a high rating. It's, I don't know. That's it's, our first. It's our first? That's our first 10 out of 10. Hey. You heard it dun, here, dun, folks. Dun, 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 dun. That's my personal score, you know? Like, it's, the, the comedy is, just hits me right in this, like, I almost get chills from it. I'm like, oh, God, that's so good. That's so. 
<laughs> funny. Like, I don't even have to laugh sometimes at it where I'm just like, mm, I get this warm feeling inside, right? My chest. I don't know. It's so, so good. So well written and paced. I love the acting. Uh, the music, like the whole score is incredible. The, yeah, the cinematography, the way that Wes Anderson uh, just shoots everything. Yeah. I love it. Oh, the fact that it's in fall uh, for the majority of the movie is, is taking place in fall, which is my favorite season of the whole year, you know? You're really the co- a, the color a sucker for aesthetics, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. One of, my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. I did it. Matt, what'd you think? Uh, seven out of ten. Yeah. Okay. That's higher than I thought you were going to give it, actually, considering that... You've done nothing but complain about it this entire time. I think part of that, I'm trying to split the difference between how I experienced it this time and what I think it probably is, Mm -hmm. because I do think there was some like, I think it was just the wrong time, the wrong situation. I'm also used to watching all of these movies by myself and I had people and I had been drinking and it was more than a week ago. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it all just sort of Mm -hmm. combines into like, I'm not sure I gave it the fairest shot that it had. I will say, I feel like I may have had a better time watching it this time because you were there, Devin, um, watching it for the first time and laughing for the first time at uh, it. It was then, so funny. <laughs> oh, it is. And then uh, my buddy Adam came over and uh, watched it with us just to hang out for a while. Shout out to Adam. Yeah. And he had never seen it before. Um, so they were both experiencing it for the first time. So that may have, you know, affected... Inflated it a bit for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I always have more fun watching movies like with friends, I think, especially comedies. Totally. Yeah, I'd probably give it mm, 9.2 out of 10. I'd rate it high. Ooh, that's high. Yeah. I really, really liked it. It was because I also went into this movie, like I woke up super late today, was not in headspace to watch a film immediately upon getting out of bed. Uh, And I was into it right off the bat. Crazy to me that you guys watch it the morning of. It's fresh, man. I think it's kind of... You have no time to digest it. You have no time to like... Well, we keep watching the movies Cogitate on it. Digest it. We (laughs) watch the movies too late. I like watching it like in the morning, early afternoon. Then I get a few hours to like read up on it, study it a bit, get some info, let it like settle. And But then, but I keep it fresh in my mind because my memory is dog shit. So I like, I lose it. It just like... Yeah. And pours right out of my ears I, a day like, or two after I agree you it. watched it a little late today. Like normally I'd like to have a you know, at least a few more hours in between, but I think day of is good. Keeps it, you know, fresh in your mind. You remember all the yes. little details and things like that. You remember how you feel about the movie because I just watched it. Yeah, you still get that afterglow from watching the movie if it's a good one. Mm-hmm. So you come into the, mm-hmm. the episode with that energy still. Mm-hmm. You I should mean, try you, guys, you should try watching it you on guys, Saturday. You guys do whatever you want to do. I find that stressful. Always. I, mean, I always will do whatever the hell I want to do. Still single, everybody. <laughs> still single. I will. <laughs> Ladies, still single. I will put a, a caveat on my rating, and that is Wes Anderson, I think, at least for me, is really hard to compare to other films. It's so, like, it's basically its own genre. You know, it's very unique, and it has uh, his own style that he uses in all sure. of his films. And so it's... He's his own genre. He is kind of his own genre. <laughs> yeah. And you like in it a or lot you of don't. ways. And, the, and yeah. like, that's not going to change. Like, I, if people, I've heard people say, I hate Wes Anderson. And I go, like, I understand because yeah. he's a very particular type of. It's very specific. And if you don't yeah, like what that is, tour. you're not going to really like anything he does. Right. That being said, I, I, do, I do think this is the Gateway Anderson. 
Yeah. Mm. I think for if you have if you have a friend that doesn't like Wes Anderson, this is your last best hope. Yeah. Because it is the most accessible one. You don't want to start with like Life Aquatic. I I like his weirder stuff more. I think I like I would rate Grand Budapest Hotel higher probably. I really want to see that one. I would too. I still haven't seen that. You should definitely watch that. We should watch it just for funsies because it was absolutely. I uh, I do really like Moonrise Kingdom though. That's a great one. That one's really good too. Although Uh, the kids dancing in the underwear and the beach kind of made me uncomfortable. I thought it was weird. Like. Because you all know there's adults behind all those cameras and sound equipment and stuff. Watching oh, you're two. thinking too much about it. No, because that's what happened that day, and it makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. There's something about that. It's a, it's a movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Put, People do weird stuff. I just stuff wish they were wearing some clothes. Like, for films, man. Dancing on the beach, you know, on a stormy day or something. But like, kids, like, super underage kids in underwear is weird. Yeah, I put a damper on the whole show because I <laughs> thought it was fucking weird. <laughs> You're right. Talking about Roman Polanski for the last two episodes was a real upper. <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at. I thought there was a great, wholesome discussion that we had about Roman Polanski, a fantastic filmmaker, <laughs> an all-around great dude. <laughs> All right. So we hope that sarcasm cuts through. <laughs> Ch- yeah, we've gone so. from child rapist, child rapist, to children dancing in their underwear. Tyler, yeah. what are we watching next week? Uh, next week, I'm picking... Serpico. Serpico. Because of this movie. Snap. So while watching this movie, I remembered like, oh yeah, Serpico is one of the plays that uh, Max Fisher puts on. Uh, He does an adaptation of. And it's one of those movies that I've never seen, always heard of, always heard quoted. And I don't know a whole lot other than like, Oh no! I don't want to talk about it right yet, right? Because we want to. Yeah, I don't know anything about it actually. This might be the first I also movie don't know I go anything into about blind. it. We all know very, very little about. Oh man, awesome. this is this is a rare opportunity it's here. It's Al Pacino, right? Yeah, I know that. I, know I that. didn't even know that. Stop it, Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining it. <laughs> I don't think the actors in the movie. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like I want to go in blind. <laughs> oh, that's that guy with a name that I can't remember. Yeah. I want to experience that moment. <laughs> Al Pacino. <laughs> have you noticed all of the movies we're watching have like weird ties to each other? Some of them are coincidental. This one was on purpose. This one yeah. was intentional, but still, it kind of you know feels like we're Rosemary's Baby. Natural to How did we get from Chinatown to Rushmore? Okay, not that one, but others. <laughs> okay, so not all the movies that we have have weird connections. So, have you noticed how some of the movies have like weird connections yeah. to each other? It's well, almost a lot like of they all are... come from the same industry. Also, it, uh, it's manufactured. Like, we watched, you know, Seven Samurai. Then I was like, hey, let's watch the same movie again, but Cowboys. Yeah, and then You're ruining my observation, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We ruin things for you. That's part of the charm of the show. You know? That's uh, part, of part of the charm of the, of the show. show. Charm of the show. It's part of the charm of charm, the show. Charm, charm. Wow, 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 it's the wow, charm wow, of the show. Wow. Was this planned? Did I miss this? It's the charm of the show. Brilliant, guys. That was brilliant. Should we do the theme song?